Hey everybody, welcome to Same Team. I am your host, Daniel Trainer. How's it going? Thank you very much for being here. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it very much. Today's show is kind of a personal one. It's fun. Tony Paul from the Detroit News is on. Tony is a writer at the News, a paper that I've been reading for a very long time. I've been a fan of Tony's work for some time. Tony and I have had uh, similar paths in some ways, both from Michigan, both worked in Detroit sports media, and both went to Michigan State. Uh, You'll hear us talk about our time in Detroit, in East Lansing, how those two things kind of sync up and what those meant for both of us. Uh, But there's also a lot of other stuff to get into, uh, most expressly the fact that Tony, a few years ago, decided to come out on live television. We talk about that decision, what that process was like, and and what motivated him. Uh, It's a really good story. Tony and I had a really good time. We talk a lot about me. We talk about pop culture. It's very wide-ranging. I had such a blast chatting with Tony. He's just very funny, very witty, and very smart. I hope you enjoy it. This podcast is being released on opening night for the Detroit Red Wings. Tony and I talk a lot about the Red Wings and the fact that Tony, unfortunately, uh, doesn't know much about them. But he's, he's, he's trying. He's learning. And you'll hear us talk about that. So... Uh, without any further ado, let's get into it. My conversation with Tony Paul from the Detroit News. Enjoy. All right. Well, thank you so much for doing this. I'm so excited we finally figured it out. <laughs> no problem. Thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, yeah, it's it's really cool for me as a kid from Detroit uh, who moved around a little bit, but Detroit has always sort of been home and certainly uh my whole family is from there read the detroit news growing up still do uh it's uh it's really cool to have you on so i really appreciate your time no no problem good to talk to another fellow detroiter thank you and also a a fellow michigan stater fellow spartan which right exactly which which we'll get into um (laughs) so cool i'd love to start at the beginning though uh can you tell me a little bit about where you grew up and what that was like for you yeah, I grew up uh, in West Michigan, uh, I guess Kalamazoo when I was younger, and then Grand Rapids area when I was in high school and early college. Um, so yeah, over there, uh, liked it over there, but uh, kept moving progressively further to the east. I went to Michigan State, and uh, then I went uh, out east for a, a summer after I graduated out in Hartford, Connecticut. And then I came back, worked in Port Huron for about, hmm, I'd say, yeah, five years, six years, then went to Roanoke, Virginia for a year, and then came to Detroit in 2006, and have been there ever since. There you go. So, so was getting back to Detroit kind of always the goal? Not really. Um, I, I, I just kind of wanted to, you know, be in sports journalism and enjoy my job, and um, I had been in Port Huron for a while, and I liked it up there, but made no money. So I've spent some time. I spent some time in Port Huron when I when I graduated state. Uh, one of my best friends was working at the paper up there, and so I would make the drive up there. God, I don't know, a f- couple times a month, a few times a month. I was living in Wixom at the time. Okay. Uh, so I would drive up to Port Port Huron is a place with it, identity all its own. I don't know what it, it certainly was like five, six years ago. I'm not sure what it was like a little bit longer ago, but Port Huron is wild. It was it was actually kind of a fun place to be. I didn't know much about it before I went there in 2002. And then, of course, they it's the start the starting point of the Port Huron to Mackinac sailboat race. And so every summer they have huge parties kicking off that race. And that was always what we looked forward to. And sure. those were all uh, 
our heavy drinking nights. Uh, one of, <laughs> yeah. I guess, uh, one of many have heavy drinking nights that we had then. And I liked it in Port Huron. It was cool. And, you know, I golf a lot. There's a lot of cool golf courses there. But like I said, I mean, small paper, no money. So, yeah. I uh, so, so I made the move to Virginia for like, I think it was like a $5,000 raise. It wasn't anything exorbitant. Just I needed a raise. So I went down there and I really liked it down in Roanoke, which is just outside of Blacksburg where Virginia Tech is. Sure. And uh, worked down there and really liked it. Had a cool, cool house, cool town. Like uh, I could walk to work. It was just really neat place. And then uh, in the summer of uh, 2006, all of a sudden, like I move out of state and the Tigers become good. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So first time, we have you to thank. You oh, said I, to leave. So what's that? We had you to thank for that. You said to leave. Right. And then... Exactly. Exactly. I'll, I'll take credit. And yeah, so I'm now in Virginia and it's before like the days like now where you could basically watch any, any game you wanted and listen to any game you wanted. It really wasn't an option then. So I remember I, I was having my friend Jen, she would like videotape like games and mail them to me um, so I could watch them like three days later because I couldn't watch the Tigers down there. Oh, that's old uh, school. Yeah, I know it was, it was, you know, not that long ago, actually. But uh, yeah, so she would do that. And um, so I really kind of missed home, even though I really like Virginia. And it just so happened that uh, the Detroit News had an opening. I had a couple friends who were on the staff. I had interviewed with the paper before a few years earlier. I wasn't quite ready, um, but uh, I had an in this time. And uh, given the Tigers were good all of a sudden, and uh, I, you know, pursued it and, uh, it kind of happened really quick. So I only spent 10 months in Virginia, which they didn't wow. really appreciate. They didn't appreciate <laughs> it when you consider that they paid a pretty penny for me to move down there. So I felt bad about that, but I, I mean, I had to go. Yeah. When the Detroit news comes calling to the Tigers are the best team in the league, you got to leave. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a no brainer, even though I still, I still miss it down, miss Virginia, but uh, yeah, it's, it's been a great move for me. So going back just a little bit, when did journalism and specifically sports journalism come into your life? And when did you know that that's something that you wanted to pursue? Well, it's funny um, for some reason, and I don't really remember why this was the case of growing up in West Michigan. Um, we lived in a little town called um, Pawpaw, which is just West. Oh, of yeah, Kalamazoo. yeah, sure. Yeah, just west of Kalamazoo, which it's known mostly for wine and, and uh, the home of Charlie Maxwell, who played for the Tigers in the 1960s. Um, so I grew up there, and for some reason, I had no idea why, but I was drawn to newspapers. And, like, I was a total dork as a kid. I still kind of am, but, um, like, every, like, like occasionally, like, you know, once a week or whatever, I would, like, put out, like, I was, like, six years old, seven years old, I would put out, like, this family newspaper, like, It's so funny. I, I know. I did the same thing, and I've <laughs> talked to people, every other journalist who I've had on this podcast did the exact same thing. Wow. So it's I don't feel so like as much of a dork now. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I'm not saying you aren't a yeah. dork. I'm not saying right. I'm not one either, but it is, I know, because I did the same thing. I've, I've talked about it on this podcast before. Like, I wrote a, a newsletter for my brother's youth hockey team. I like did all this stuff that nobody cared about, of course, but like it meant the world to me. And that's like where I, where I sort of found my love for, for writing and for sports. No, that's, yeah, that's really kind of how it happened. I have no idea why. I mean, I don't even know if we got the paper delivered. So it's not even like I grew up reading newspapers. It was just like, I was just fascinated by the idea. So yeah, like every, you know, I put together this little thing about what, my brothers or sisters did that day or whatever and would go over it at the 
dinner table or whatever so and my funny. parents read it. Yeah. So for some reason I always got into it really young. And then when I got into high school, I knew that's what I wanted to do. And, um, I went to like my freshman year, I went to the high school newspaper offices and they wouldn't let me write because I was a freshman and you had to be a junior. What? So I went to the local paper in town, uh, like a weekly and told them, I said, Hey, I want to write, I'll do it for basically nothing. Um, I'll cover sports or whatever. And they hired me and all of a sudden I was writing for the local paper. And then the high school paper saw that and they're like, Oh, well maybe we should make an exception and hire him <laughs> for, since he's already writing for the local paper. And so, yeah, really ever since I got into high school, I've, this is what I've done. It's always what I wanted to do. I went to college knowing what I wanted to do. And yes, yeah, so uh, yeah, it's gone on from there. What did you do at What did you do at Michigan state while you were there? Michigan state, I went. Uh, I went to community college for a couple of years. I went to Grand Rapids Community College. Did it, the sports journalism thing there, which cool. was really helpful. Um, made a lot of context there, and then went to Michigan State. Truth be told, I didn't get into Michigan State out of high school, so that's why I did the community college. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't quite have the grades. Uh, which, looking back, like with as big, with as high as Michigan State's academic standards are now, I'm, I'm glad I was there when I when I was. Yeah. Or I never would have gotten in. <laughs> right. Um, um, but uh, so I went to community college for a couple of years, then transferred to state, got over there, started right away at the state news. Um, and uh, wasn't um, I got hired right away as like a, a covered. Let's see. I think I think my first beat was covering state government. And uh, then I went to I kept trying to get into sports because that's what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. But they always they're. My, I had an editor who's like, no, you're too good for sports. And I didn't really know what that meant. But I <laughs> guess it's because no one wanted to cover news stuff. So if they could find someone that could actually cover news competently and understand the issues that they wanted to hold on to them. So I went from state government to covering campus administration. And then I became like a campus editor, or a city editor. And I never, ever got to do sports at Michigan State. which was Really? Which the whole time crazy. you were there? The whole time I was there, I didn't do sports at all. Um, which is weird because I, all I did before then was basically sports. I had covered some municipalities and stuff and done that for the local paper back home, but mostly it was sports, but I never got a chance to do that. And really I'd kind of given up on it toward the later part of my college Michigan state time. Uh, I'd kind of figured I was going to be in news, which was fine. I really enjoyed politics. I thought that would be fun to cover a long term. Yeah. And then, um, I had a professor who you probably are aware of, L.A. Dickerson, who's Dan uh, Dickerson's wife. Of course, I'm I'm very yeah. familiar. <laughs> yeah. So she uh, she came up to me about four months before I graduated and said, "What are you going to do?" I said, "I don't know." And uh, she goes, "Well, there, you know, there's this internship program called the Dow Jones, and it's a copy editing thing." And I had never even done copy editing before. Mm -hmm. um, but she's like, "I think you'd be good. You should apply." And so I did. And the program had always been news copy editing. They sent copy editors to the New York Times and Boston Globe and all these big papers and whatever. I ended up passing the test, and that was the first year that Dow Jones decided to put together a sports copy editing internship program, and I got placed into that. Oh, wow. And just from that little avenue was how I all came all the way back to sports, and that's what I've done ever since. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, L.A. was uh, was a big help, uh, help for me when I was at State, too. I worked yeah. for – I didn't work at the State News. I didn't do – well, I did a little writing, but I worked for the Athletic Communications Department, which was oh, okay. sports information for the first year or two yeah, I was there. Yeah. Our favorite people. Yeah, I know. God, I know. Just the phone calls I would get sometimes from people like, sir, I'm an unpaid intern. I wish I could help you more. Um, 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, but LA was huge in sort of like helping me with that. And then uh, I interned at Fox Sports Detroit my senior year, then worked there for two years after graduating. Um, and LA was kind of helpful in, in all that. So it's, it's, it's cool to hear that her influence spans generations. Oh, well, let's not go crazy. With the word <laughs> I know. Right when I said that, I, I was like, yeah, I that's know you're young, but you don't have to be a dick about it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like, thank you. That may have came out wrong. Uh, she's <laughs> yeah. helped many LA people. great, though. No, I, I just saw her actually at one of the tiger ceremonies a couple weeks ago. She's nice. Awesome. Awesome. I, get, I try to get up there as often as I can to talk to her class or see her. She's great and has really helped hundreds and hundreds of Michigan State journalists over yeah, the years. Yeah, she's... I know. She's amazing. I remember once she, uh, for God, this is a, an embarrassing story, but in college, my I couldn't figure out how to get my cell phone voicemail to change. Like, my, co- my cousin had recorded it for me, like, years before, and it just sounded really silly. It was very unprofessional. It was like, hi, you've reached Daniel's phone or whatever. And she called me one day about something. I can't remember uh, what. And she left me this voicemail. She was like, what is this? You need to change this immediately. This is crazy. I was like, oh, my God. It was, like, the worst day of my life. But she was uh, obviously right. I, like, had to get a new phone or something to change it. I don't uh, know. Yeah. Was... I, I, and now you have a podcast, so you figured out the technology oh, issues. Oh, Good for you. Tony, oh, well, if you only knew. It has been, <laughs> I mean, listen, when I started this, I really had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I barely know now. Uh, but yeah, slowly but surely, slowly but surely, it's, I've, I've improved. So, Impressive. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so when you, were, when you were at State and, and even after... Um, when did sort of your sexuality come into play? How much of a role did it play, if any? I mean, were you out to colleagues? Were you out to yourself? What is your sort of journey there? Well, it's it's funny. Um, I uh, when I was at Grand Rapids Community College, I wasn't out to anybody. wasn't out to myself. I mean, I think you always know, obviously, but wasn't comfortable with it. And uh, so, really, until I got to Michigan State, there was no. You know, there was nothing there. And then I got to Michigan State, and it's funny. <laughs> and if the guy is listening, if the guy ever listens to this, it'd be embarrassing. But I um, really hope the, he is. The first, uh, he probably won't. But <laughs> the first, uh, the first day I walked into the state news, there was this reporter there. Um, it was my first day there. It was my first day on campus. I didn't know anybody. Didn't even, you know, didn't know anything about big university. I just moved in. I was nervous as hell, whatever. But then I had to start at the state news that day. I walk in and there's this like, there's this like campus reporter there. And I don't know what it was. I was just like drawn to him and I didn't know why. And you know, it was really strange. And, uh, yeah, so I guess like six months later, I was pretty much uh, we were dating and uh, oh, wow, and, yeah, and then I uh, came out probably about six months after that. So it was within about a year at Michigan State. Everyone on camp, or I mean, not everyone on campus, but everyone <laughs> at the college paper. Yeah, everyone at the college wow, paper. Wow, you were knew. popular. Yeah, yeah, everyone at the college paper knew, and then I ended up. Uh, then I ended up getting a part-time job as a bouncer at uh, one of the gay bars in town, or nice. Lansing, and uh, that's when more of the campus began to begin. <laughs> was, yeah, yeah you're, you're literally out front. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, no, so really, it was just kind of. I mean, I always knew. I mean, I mean, you always know. I think. Yeah. But yeah, when I got to campus, it was just some weird, like, attraction thing with this this other reporter, and he wasn't out either, and we kind of came out together and. 
um, yeah, that's really what it was. It didn't have a huge role in my college life other than the fact that, you know, I guess it got me a job at a gay bar. So. <laughs> I mean, that's not nothing. <laughs> right. It's exactly. A, it's an old-fashioned state news love story, one of many. Yeah. Right, one of many. Exactly. I know. I have, I, have, <laughs> I have friends who met at the state news and are married now. It's beautiful. Yeah, I do, too. I do, too. I'm not one of those success stories, but well, I do have hey. friends that, uh, that didn't meet there. Yeah, ours... Uh, Started and ended at the state news. So, <laughs> did you have to? Did you have to work together after you broke up? Actually, we did. Um, and actually, we broke up um, late in my college. Yeah, we worked together. It was awkward. He and he was like, he ended up becoming editor of the paper, and so yeah, there was there was some awkwardness there. But uh, we ended up dating again after I got out of college, so it kind of went on and off for seven years. So, oh wow, um, wow, wow. Yeah, so it wasn't wasn't the end of the world. Yeah. So uh, what? So what years were you at Michigan State? 1999 to 2002. Okay. How old were you then? Uh, I was 11 through 14. Okay. So that is not the definition of a generation gap. <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah, so we're yeah, very yeah. clear on that. <laughs> it was, no, you're right. I, I do apologize. It was a poor, it was a poor uh, uh, phrase. I, I do All right. apologize. All right. Well, we can continue the interview then. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, no do you so I mean did did you ever run into any obstacles after you came out in terms of your professional life um you know whether it was while you were at the state news or or at the places you mentioned after did you ever feel like your sexuality impeded you at all uh not really I mean it certainly didn't in college because uh even then and it was it was obviously several years ago but even then a college campus is for the most part a very liberal open-minded um you know, yeah, place. Sure. So uh, even, you know, then, I mean, it was kind of a shock when, when we did come out and we kind of got outed, I guess. Oh, really? Uh, How? Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to go into the details of that, ooh, but uh, <laughs> well, we kind of got outed. And so it was, it was kind of awkward at first, but then again, it's then, it, you know, everyone was like after the shock wore off or whatever. And I guess they were more shocked about me than the other guy. So uh-huh. again, I hope he's not listening because he'll be embarrassed by me saying that, but um, <laughs> so it really, it definitely didn't impede or anything like that. Um, and then, uh, you know, when I would move on to the professional jobs, um, you know, Porter on, I was out to colleagues and never, never was an issue. Um, I was, I was all, I've always been out to colleagues, um, Mm -hmm. basically ever since college. And then, um, and then when I got to Detroit and started writing and started becoming a little bit more of a public I won't, don't want to say public figure because it's it sounds well, a little extravagant. Well, sure, but, but. Uh, yeah. But um, once I started writing more, when I got into Detroit, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, ten, um, and started to develop a little bit of a following, um, that's when I decided to to come out publicly um, yeah. a, a few years back. Which ever since you know that was a nerve wracking time because um, I would al- I had always been asked if I wanted to do it at some point. And then uh, it just happened like all of a sudden we, it was like kind of a rash decision on my, the part of myself and a TV guy that I know. And yeah, and ever since then, it really was, uh, you know, I didn't know what the reaction would be. And it's been overwhelmingly positive. I mean, I really haven't had and maybe I'm lucky in this regard and I don't know, but I haven't had any issues with uh, with my work life or anything like that ever since that happened. So I guess I've been fortunate. Well, yeah, I'm really happy to hear that, especially in Detroit, which I think uh I don't, you know, it, it's uh, it's interesting the progressiveness of Detroit and, and the state of Michigan as a whole. I think Michigan is such a strangely diverse state it's all over the place. It's tough to mm-hmm. gauge, you know. Um, right. So I'm happy. I'm happy to hear that. So in your your 
motivation for coming out was really in 2015 by the Supreme Court ruling, right? Yeah, that was really what kind of pushed it uh, over the edge. I had talked to um, I had talked to editors for about a year leading up to that. Yeah, about hey, you know, should I do this? And you know, my sports editor who uh, you know I had been out to for a few years. Um, uh, you know, and actually he knew ever since I got there because there was another gay person on staff who was an editor who basically had told him before I got hired. So I, unbeknownst to me, I was out to him without me knowing it. Oh, that's interesting. But, uh, yeah. So, um, but, uh, we had, so we had finally started talking about, you know, should I do this? What, how, what format should I do this? Um, you know, does it worth doing at all? Because I talked to a couple other colleagues and, um, got some, you know, bounce some ideas off of them. And I didn't want to do it just for the sake of doing it. And I think most everyone who shares a coming out story is, especially in the sports world, I think has the same, um, the same take on that. You know, I've read so many of the coming out stories at outsports.com, mm-hmm. uh, obviously run by Sid Ziegler, who, who you've done a, a, a podcast with as well. I yes. think. Um, but, um, uh, you know, almost all of the stories on there say the same thing is that, I didn't want to do it just for the sake of doing it. I wanted to have a reason to do it. Right. Um, you know, cause it, what, it's not supposed to be just, you know, an attention grabber, at least, you know, right. it shouldn't be. Um, but then, yeah, like, uh, I think the Supreme court ruling came down. I had already, Oh, I'll, I'll circle back really quick. I had already written a column. Right. Yeah. About, I remember or, reading yeah, that about, or not, not, about, well, obviously well, not the column, but I remember right, reading that you I, had written something. Yeah. I had written something about four months earlier and I just, I sent it to my sports editor, my manager editor. They both liked it. They, they offered some suggestions. We tweaked it, whatever. And then at, it got to a point where I was just like, it got changed so much that I was like, you know what? I'm not really satisfied with this, so I'm not going to really rush it. So I don't want to run it. And then I think the Supreme Court ruling came down on a Friday, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and, I think uh, that's right. And I think it was late in the day. And I was supposed to appear on Channel 7 Sports Cave, their Sunday morning show that week, uh, that weekend. With Brad Galley? With Brad Galley, who used to host the show. And he texted me late Friday night. It must have been uh, 10 or 11, um, maybe even later. And he's like, hey, you know, I know this just happened. Do you want to address this at the end of the show? And I said, well, I don't know. I, I don't know if I should really make that the place where I do this, seeing as how I don't work for you, I, I work for the Detroit News. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, newspapers are struggling. Maybe give them the web clicks. Um, so I, <laughs> yeah, just, I didn't even think of that. That's kind of funny. Yeah. Well, it's all about web clicks. It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. Or right. Whatever it is, you know. Yeah. Who cares? Um, so I, I think the next morning, a Saturday, I just decided, you know what, the hell with it, I'm going to do it, and um, because it was a very important time, it was a very important Supreme Court ruling. Of course, it changed a lot of people's lives, a lot of my friends' lives, um, and uh, so of course, you know, I felt like, you know what, I sh- this should probably be the 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 place and time where I do it. It's unfortunate that, you know, it won't happen in the paper, but this is just good timing. And so I ended up writing up uh, that night. I ended up writing up like uh, what I was going to say. I sent it to their producer. I said, if this is too sappy or this is too dumb or whatever, just be honest with me and. He emailed back right away and he's like, no, this is really excellent. He's like, you know, if you're comfortable doing this, we'll give you all the time you need. And um, and so I went ahead and, you know, did it the next morning on, on Channel 7 live TV. And oh, the amazing. funny thing was, is I, I there was so much going through my mind and I was so nervous and everything that I forgot to inform the news that I was doing this. <laughs> I was just going to ask you, I was just going to ask you that if you had told your editors or anybody at the paper that you were going to do it. 
No, I, I kind of forgot. And, and so, <laughs> so they all found out and all my colleagues like so learned that I was doing this as it was going on on live TV. Oh, that's and uh, so I get off the air and uh, about 10 minutes later, I'm getting in my car and I get a phone call from my boss and I just assume he's going to be so pissed that I did it on TV. And he just is like, he's like, well, I hope you enjoy your 15 minutes or whatever. And I'm like, well, all right. <laughs> he, he actually was very complimentary and, 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 you know, said it was well done and all that stuff. But yeah, I, I, there was so much going through my mind and I was such a nervous wreck at the time that, yeah, I just totally forgot to tell him. So my bad. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do? Exactly. Well, what a cool, I mean, what a cool thing for Brad to ask you to do that, first of all. And then also mm -hmm. just, you know, to do that in a live TV setting is crazy. It's yeah. like, it's so cool, but it's like, I've never heard of anything like that, especially <laughs> in Detroit. And to do it like that must have been so crazy. I mean, leading up to it, you said you were nervous, but like, it's almost, you didn't have any time to really think about it. Right. So were, I well, mean, were, were you like terrified or was it just like, well, I, I wasn't like terrified. Uh, I was nervous, obviously. And I did have enough time to think about it because I had worked on it, you know, Saturday. So yeah. I had, I had several hours. I didn't sleep in, incredibly well on Saturday night, you know, just tossing, turning a little bit just because, you know, it's, you know, something that's, it's live TV. You're not be able to take it back. They're not taping it. And you can say, Oh, scrap it. Like my column, you know, Oh, never right, mind. Yeah. Oh, it was going to happen. And, uh, but I had convinced myself, and you know, in talking with Brad on Friday and in an early Saturday, I had convinced myself that this was a, this was the outlet that I think that would be good and maybe most impactful uh, because live TV would be real, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's not, you know, and and uh, so yeah. I mean, I you know, I I did it. I got the phone call from my boss. I went down right after that to cover the Tiger game at Comerica Park, and like I walk in and. I, I mean, every every reporter there had already seen it, which I didn't realize that they would have. I guess uh, <laughs> yeah. they'd seen the links on Twitter or whatever. And, you know, almost all of them to a T came up to me and, you know, just said, you know, that was really brave. And, you know, a few of them probably didn't even know that I was gay. And so um, mm -hmm. it kind of surprised maybe a few of them. But they were all super supportive. I mean, every I mean, there's a lot of Republicans in that press box and all mm -hmm. of them were super supportive. It was it was it was definitely a memorable day. That's really cool. And so, I mean, you said the reaction was overwhelmingly positive for most people. You just said, you know, most of your colleagues up in the press box, whatever. I mean, did you get responses from uh, from readers that were that were negative? You know, I'm sure I did. Um, I'm, I'm positive that I did. But um, honestly, I can't remember one of them that stands out. And, and that's mm -hmm. I can remember hundreds of them that were positive and that's, you know, from readers or friends or family or whatever who had seen it. And I can remember almost exactly what they wrote. I remember so many of the positive ones. I'm sure I got some negative ones, but I couldn't tell you what any of them said. Like there were so few of them and, yeah. uh, and I was so bombarded with uh, a lot of goodwill that, uh, you know, just never even registered to, uh, to store in my brain, I guess. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. I I'm really happy to hear that. Yeah, I mean, it's it, I, 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 maybe I'm fortunate in that regard. I, I don't know a ton of people who are out in the in the sports media world or the sports world in general. Yeah. So I don't know how everyone's experience was, but for me, um, yeah, it, it couldn't have it couldn't have been any better. Yeah. Well, that's that's great. I mean, I, I do think that things are getting so progressively better, even you know, from a, a decade ago. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, so I, I think that's really nice to hear. I my my biggest question for you right now, Tony, is what is happening with Detroit sports? <laughs> it's a <laughs> uh, 
it's not a lot of good. No, it's, of good. it's not. There's it's, there's it's very little awful. good. It's it, no, it's really awful. And um, I mean, to the point of when you know when I got you know when I got into Detroit, you know, Tigers are good, the Pistons and Red Wings are good, the Lions always suck. But we had um, April in the we, D, Tony. Oh, I know April in the D, absolutely. I mean, now April is that. it's a hellhole. <laughs> No, it's, it's well. Not good. I guess it's it's still opening day, so we still there's yeah. still some optimism. It's still kind of fun for baseball. But man, I just exactly. miss I miss so much when the Red Wings and the Pistons were playing every other night in the playoffs, and it's just the oh, most no. exciting thing in the world. And now it's just oh, boy. no, it, no, it sucks. It, it really sucks, and and it's going to be that way for I've, I'm afraid a while. <laughs> I know so. well, that. Well, that's the thing. It's like I mean, I, I'm I'm a huge Red Wings fan, um, and I I am sort of intrigued and optimistic about what they might be like this year. I think they mm-hmm. might be hopefully fun, even yeah. on the nights when they're bad. Um, so I'm excited about that. But yeah, man, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a long wait before yeah, things are fun again. I think. Yeah, and the crappy thing is, you got this brand new. I don't even know if you, I don't know if you've been to the arena yet, but it's oh, brand I, new. I have gorgeous it, which arena. Is oh, it's, it's gorgeous, me. and and every night, I mean, it's just like empty. Every time there's a Pistons or a Red Wings game, even tonight, I know it's preseason, but there must have been a hundred people in the crowd for the Red Wings game tonight. I, I mean, know, it's just I, it's just sad. I mean, Red Wings games used to. I mean, they used to sell out their exhibition games at the Joe when they were running. You know, so I know. it's it's, it's uh, tough. No, it's pretty depressing. I know it's tough. They're out here in LA the first week of the season, and they play in Anaheim and LA on back-to-back nights. Which I'm I'm just thrilled that they're going to be here early in the season, so at least I can go when they're when things are still kind of fun and fresh and exciting. Yeah, right. (laughs) It's not like they're out here in like March when they're (laughs) thirty points out of the playoffs, probably. Uh, oh God, my optimism's really shining through. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever. I don't know. I mean, I was in uh, I was in Arizona for the Arizona State football game last week. That well, I guess two weeks ago now. That sucked. <laughs> oh boy, I'm, I don't know why I'm just ranting about things now, but it's just fun sometimes. Now, how how hot was it? Was it a dry heat in Arizona State? Okay, I heard it, it was, was 108. I could, talk, I could talk about the heat for three hours. It was. <laughs> It was unlike anything I've ever experienced, really. Like I've been, I've been to Arizona a little bit in my life. My uncle lives out there. Uh, I've, I've been to Arizona a bunch. I've experienced the dry heat. I've been there when it's like a hundred and five, and it's crazy. Um, but it is a dry heat, so you're you're aware of it. But it's not, you know. It, I I would take a hundred and five in Arizona before I would take, you know, ninety and humid in Detroit, right? It's like it's just a different thing. But when we were no, there, both, they both sound awful to me. Oh, they're oh they're terrible. I hate the heat. I'm hot if it's sixty five degrees outside. So it's brutal for me. So not only was it bad, you know, we're the idiots who were there tailgating at, you know, two o'clock in the, in the direct sunlight. Right. So yeah. it was, it was, it was a great time. It was super, super fun, but it was really hot. And it was, it, it's such an interesting, bizarre experience to be sitting at a football game under the lights. It's pitch black outside. It's, you know, 8 PM. And I was covered in sweat. <laughs> Like it was like literally just dripping sweat at 8 p.m. It was it was awful. Yeah, it's it's funny. I, you know, I always one of my pet peeves in sports journalism is I hate 
when sports journalists go on Twitter and bitch about their jobs or bitch about the, they got a, a, an aisle seat or a, a middle seat. Yeah, on a plane, yeah, yeah. Or they're bitching about the press box food or whatever. You know, it's really a pet peeve of mine because I'm like, you know what? I know a lot of people who would kill for your job. Yes. You know, it's a cool job, you know, shut up, you know, <laughs> deal with your middle seat or your hot, your, you know, your cold hot dog for lunch or whatever. But I did grant an exception to the sports writers who were out there for that one uh, because they were just miserable. And I felt I did feel kind of bad for them with the heat. So I did give them a pass just that one time because of the 106 degree temperature at kickoff. Yeah, it, yeah, it was. We were tailgating. It was like 115. It's like wh- yeah. I, it was. It was a crazy experience. Did it, you like, drink at this tailgate? Oh, heavily. It went <laughs> <laughs> like how did you not die? <laughs> I, mean, you guys I don't know. I think... starting at two o'clock. The game's not till seven thirty. I know. You know I, I, I don't know. I think it was. It was such a weird thing. I drank so much and never felt anything because I think as soon as I drank it, I just it just came out and sweat. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a good point. It just. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it was. Yeah. It was crazy. I mean, it was so fun. It, it was one of those experiences. Like, had we won, it would have been just so fun and crazy and oh we were so hot and but well what a fun time like the fact that we lost we're like this is so stupid yeah. why are we why are we here <laughs> why did we do this oh god but no it was fun it's uh, i love because i haven't lived in michigan since 2012 and have lived outside of michigan a lot growing up i lived in outside chicago and in orange county growing up a lot and I love going to road games. I mean, I've been to, you know, countless Red Wings games in Anaheim and L.A. and Chicago and football games all over the place. It's, it's, that's my favorite. I, would, I prefer going to a road game, honestly, than a game in Detroit or, or back in East Lansing. Right. Well, what I want to know from you, though, is what is your connection to the Emmys? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I want to know. And I want to know any fun stories you ever have from oh your Oh, my God. Well, okay. So I'm the luckiest <laughs> person in the world because this was – this is – gonna sound insane because it is my my, i go with my mom this was the 19th time i've been how is that why give me the backstory here maybe other people know it i don't no 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 nobody nobody really does so tony i go to i'm lucky enough to go to the primetime emmys every year and it's because of my dad so my dad does pr back in the day did it for ford uh, in Detroit is where he works for Hyundai now. He does a, a bunch of super cool stuff. When he was years and years ago, the first time we lived in California, uh, he was on this thing that's called the LA Sports and Entertainment Commission, which is basically just this like uh, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just it's it's PR people and it, they're affiliated with all these events that go on in LA. Right. And because of his connection there, he used to get Emmy tickets. And my dad, God bless him, couldn't care less about going and so i go uh and my mom and i started going when i was in fifth grade there are pictures of me like in a tuxedo like on the red carpet at the emmys in fifth grade they're hilarious um and so i just go every year i've missed so i've only missed one year since fifth grade and it was my freshman year at state sophomore junior senior year i flew back for the emmys so I get to go every year, and it's it's insane. It's the craziest 
experience, especially for me as somebody who is just pop culture and a celebrity mm-hmm. obsessed as well as right. sports. Like yeah. I could talk. I did. Ab- I, I did stalk you enough to realize that was the case. Thank I, you. I, no, I, I do appreciate that. Yeah. that honestly, yeah. me, that honestly <laughs> does mean a lot to me. Um, yeah. It. Uh, yeah. It was crazy. Like this year, it's weird. Well, it's weird because I used to. Go if I saw anybody I knew in the lobby, I would like try and take a picture with them, right? Like I was just like, oh, I, I, oh, I want to meet this person, want to meet this person. And over the years, I've tried to like mature and be cooler about things. Where I'm like, oh, who cares? Like I'm cool, I'm yeah. too cool for this. Like I don't need. Oh, cool. There's so and so. Oh, cool. Whatever. Maybe I'll right. say hi or whatever. Like it's like on like on Sunday, I saw like Mark Marin in the lobby, and I was just like, oh, hey, Mark. Like big, you know, big, big fan. And he was like, okay, thanks. Um, but if so it, wait, so wait. So this, 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 like you talk about, you were on, like you had these pictures when you were a kid on the red carpet yeah. and whatever. So are these like these are VIP tickets then? Because not everyone gets to like no, be, they're like not, in, they're, uh, amongst the they're the not, royalty. Right? They're or not what? really. They changed the rules back a little bit ago. Like we don't really walk the red carpet anymore sort of now the red carpet is like really just relegated for the celebrities so like it's it's the celebrities and it's like their people basically just get to walk the red carpet now like little peons like me we just sort of like go in this little side thing but back in the day we used to just walk the red carpet and just like i would pretend i was famous and like wave at people in the bleachers like it was so funny um but no like if you if you have a ticket to the show you you're just in there like you're in the lobby you know and that's where like people are like mingling around it's so funny i mean there's like it's so funny to see like like i'm trying to man who did i see like like, oh, like Carrie Russell and like Matthew Reese from the Americans were just like downing these huge beers in the lobby, like during the <laughs> show. And this is like before he won. So like he was probably drunk when he won. And it's just it's so it's just so funny. But now yeah, it's like, that's that's awesome. Like, see, I'm, I'm jealous about that because I'm like kind of like pop culture obsessed myself. Yeah. And uh, which is just a little plug here that uh, I'm going to be starting a podcast soon with a with our movie critic Ooh. at the news we're gonna do kind of a sports pop culture fusion oh, I, thing so ooh, I that's love good. That. we're really excited about that but oh. i'm very jealous that you got to do that and uh, but i will you. say this back to the generation going back to uh, yeah, generation generations and generations Carrie, ago carrie russell see i i would have said that she was from um felicity yeah I know. so there is a little bit of a generation gap well, that, to make this even worse for you uh that is what my mom said on, Sunday, oh, on no, I'm sorry, the Emmys yeah. were on Monday this year. I said Sunday yeah. earlier. On yeah. Monday, I said, wow. oh, there's Carrie Russell. Do you know who she is? And my mom said, yes, she cut her hair once. Uh, oh, Jesus. Yeah. So, uh, okay. yeah, sorry about that. I think, yeah, I think this interview is almost <laughs> over. <laughs> well, uh, well, that's yeah, so, so cool, though. That's so awesome. Yeah, I, it's, cr- I, it's I crazy. Really it's, yeah, give me, year, give me like highlight... a good, like, Give me a good drama story from all your years at the Emmys. What's like one? Give oh, me God. one good story. Okay, this I'm is putting a, you on the spot. Okay, but I'm sure no, this got is one. A, okay. This is a good one. So last year, uh, and it's it's weirder now in retrospect, and you'll, you'll understand why in a second. So last year, I'm going to the bathroom, and I'm in this like little side bathroom where there's one stall and one urinal. Okay, so I go in and there's like a little line outside. But so then I go and I'm not really paying attention that much, whatever. So I go in, I'm going to the bathroom. And so at one point in in this little box square, it's in the bathroom. It's me 
And I look behind me because somebody has started beatboxing. And so it's LL Cool J. And then next to me going to the bathroom is Jesse Tyler Ferguson from Modern Family. And then, and so he is singing to the beatboxing. And so then I turn around and Tony directly behind me is Kevin Spacey. So oh, it's the three of us. Now, like, this, now this is a weird story. I know, but it's like, <laughs> it was so weird then. And now looking back, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> wow. Now yeah. is that, did, was that, because I saw a picture of you with Jesse Tyler Ferguson. So did that happen? Was that from like at Ooh, that moment? Maybe. Uh, no, I don't know. I don't think okay. I was like, hey, once you're done, let's take a picture. Okay. Because his, his face, because you do have a picture with him, right? Am I think so, mistaken? probably. Yeah, I think I saw one. And like his, he, he has kind of like a shit eating grin on his face. So I wonder, <laughs> if that was, I wonder if that was like the moment where, you know, he was like, wow, this guy just I, went to the bathroom. And now he wants probably, to stop. I don't, you know what? I don't remember, but I wouldn't put it past me. Yeah, okay. All right. The, That's a pretty good story. Yeah. The highlight this past year, like I said, I don't really like oh. to, well, it's not that I don't like to go up to people anymore, but I'm just like, I really try and play it cool. Cause it's like, it's a little embarrassing to like, well, now you've seen everybody. So now you can kind of like, well, it is have a higher standard of who you approach. I know it is true. And so every year I always have like a few people in my head. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to be weird, but if I see this person, then I'll go for it. Like last year it was Reese Witherspoon and Laura okay. Dern who All right, that's fair. I both love and were there for big little lives last year. And so I saw them and got a picture with both of them and, it was amazing. And Tell so, me I'm, Reese Witherspoon was totally awesome. She Tell was great. She was cool. So okay. short. Uh, but uh, Really? Oh, my uh -huh. God. I'll, to, I'll send you the photo. It's like, it's, okay. yeah, it's crazy. She's, yeah, but she was great. And so this year, I had actually met her before years ago, but uh, as somebody who loves sports and pop culture, I assume you are a Friday Night Lights fan? Uh, you know what? The crazy thing is, is I've never. Okay. We, this is honestly, this interview is so over. <laughs> I know. It's on my list. I'm way behind everything. Like, it's you know, I just like I just like finished Dexter. I mean, I'm just okay. that's how far behind I am. Dexter, you you <laughs> saw Dexter through to the end, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. But that's how far behind I am. I always, you know, I, I you know I don't have cable. I don't watch things. So it's like I yeah watch him on Netflix or whenever I can online. Well, so I'm is, always way behind. So it I'll is get to also it. it is also hard as a sports fan because there's sports, especially now this time of year. There's sports on every night. You know, like. I know. It's so it's hard to I, I try and use the summer, especially when the Tigers suck to like to catch up on to catch up on TV, because then it's, yeah. you know, now we're in football and there's, you know, right. most know. nights there's a football game, whether it's the oh, NFL or college. And now the Red Wings and, and the NBA are getting rolling here soon and yeah. baseball playoffs and blah, 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 blah. But uh, I know it's true. It's true. But, Funny uh, thing, I've seen I've seen three Tiger games to the end this year. That's oh, it. I, God, I haven't I haven't watched one. I mean, I don't have. Like, I don't have the, whatever it's called, the MLB extra innings or whatever. Right. It's certainly not like the Tigers are on ESPN much these days. Uh, so no. I haven't, I could, I haven't seen a Tigers game in months. I mean, I, I get like the NHL package show. I watch like every Red Wings game and whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I've, I haven't seen a Tigers game. I on, If you ask me to name uh, like the Tigers starting lineup today, I, I would know. Oh, there's no way. You like wouldn't, you wouldn't get names? past, you wouldn't get past two or three names. Oh, it's so depressing it's like it's like the indians from major league before they were good like, <laughs> yes. these oh my God. like like it's just it's brutal but 
Oh, that's what it is. See, you're the big hockey guy. I, I don't get hockey at all. Like, you I don't, don't understand it. get hockey. I don't understand it. And, you know, the, it all kind of stems from the first hockey game I ever covered was a minor league team in Port Huron. And our beat writer Port Huron, was sick. what's their nickname again? The Well, they, they've been all sorts of things. They've been the Beacons, the Flags. They've been, like, a bunch of different the things. The Flags. Uh, cool. Yeah. And so our beat writer, and this is, I mean, this is how good newspapers used to be. We actually had a beat writer for a minor league hockey team. Oh, like, that would be the case anymore. Amazing. But yeah. he was sick. He was sick one day, so I had to go cover it. So I watched this game, and I'm like, all right, I get it, whatever. There was a couple fights, and. Ended up writing up the, uh, you know, I go at first, I go in the locker room and find the coach and I'm like, oh, it was a pretty, pretty physical game out there today. How are you just trying to get a quote or whatever? And he's like, he looks at me, he's like, uh, no. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Never mind. So then I go in to talk to a couple of the players and they were really nice. They knew I didn't know anything about the sport. So I ended up writing the story and I referred to it as the third quarter. Oh, and no. That was pretty much the end of my hockey writing career. Uh, it was eliminated right there. Uh, the was voted off the island. That was it. I'm quarter. done. Yeah. So now I've been to a few Red Wings games. I'm, I'm trying to learn. Um, Art Regner, who is big hockey guy here yeah. in town, he's yeah. been trying to teach me. He's kind of like my Mr. Miyagi when it comes to hockey, trying to teach me all this crap. So Good. I'm trying to I'm trying to learn. I, I'm not there yet, but I'm I'm getting there. So. Well, it's court. It's sort of an interesting. By the way, the Red Wings are such a big thing in my family. That's a big part of it. My brother literally just texted me. Wings power play is already a joke. So, <laughs> see, I know what that means. That means that they're not good on the power play. <laughs> see, do you I know get what that. a power see, play a few years is? Ago, I do know what the power play is. I do, and you have to kill the power play if you're on defense. And yeah, yeah there I, you go. I, I'm learning. I'm okay. learning. It's sort of an it's interesting time a while to learn. To get here, but I, I'm learning. Yeah, it's it it's it is kind of a fun time to learn about them, really, because they're going to be uh, I don't know an interesting team most nights. I think I well I don't want to say this, and then in like at the end of the year I sound like a complete idiot, but I really do think that they're going to be fun and are going to sort of be in the playoff hunt for most of the year. Well, let's be honest. I do know that as much about hockey and the NBA is you're pretty much in the hunt for a long time because half the league makes the playoffs. Yeah. So, you know, so I, I understand that. And then I'm hearing that there's like they're letting the kids play now with the wings. So they have some good draft picks. So that yeah. see, I, I, you know, that's that's the extent of what I know. Look so. at you go. Yeah. And also, yeah. I mean, Henrik Zetterberg was my sort of personal just messiah. So it's uh, yeah. it's been tough. Yeah. It's been a tough couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. But I think we all knew that was coming, though. See, yes, even it, I knew yeah. that was coming. Yeah, see, look, so. man, it's like you work in the Detroit News. I dropped because he signed that 12-year deal, and he was never going to finish it because yeah. it was all front-loaded. See, I know how. Wow, man, you know, you need you. to give yourself more credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All I right. just don't know how the game works. It's very confusing. <laughs> I don't That's... know offsides. I don't know how. I, I just I don't know anything Offs- like that. Offsides is the easiest rule to understand in maybe all of sports. See, like three or four people have tried to explain it to me, and I kind of get it, and but I can't like watch the game and go, oh, he's offsides. I can't do it. Well, it's, well, it's fast. Yeah, it's fast. Yeah. Sometimes right. it's tough to tell. I, I can understand right. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fine. Well, yeah, I have one more question. And yeah, I, please. I, don't, I hate to keep turning it around on you, but no, I, um, listen, I'm fascinated by this whole Emmys experience. I'm way more interested in the Emmys than the Red Wings. So um, how much time do you spend – picking out wardrobes for your Emmy appearances? Great question. Uh, I wear, I've i worn this. Or do you wear, like, the same tuxedo? Well, like I know. I, I know. It's kind of a boring answer. I wear the, yeah. I've wear. i worn the same suit every year for the past 
handful just because okay. a it was it's like a nice suit and i really right. and i really okay. like it and i think right. it looks pretty good so i wear that but i i wear a new tie every year ah okay so that's where i'll sort of have some fun a new tie maybe a little new pocket square you know have okay. some fun there but it's yeah it's the All same right. it's been the same suit for the past uh, I don't know, three or four, no, probably longer than that if I think about it. But I think it might be time for a new suit next year. Yeah, see, like if Reese Witherspoon ends up listening to this, she's she's going to be very disgusted <laughs> that you've worn the same suit and she's not going to take any more selfie reviews. So I hope you're you listening. Need to go get yeah, your Reese, suit. I think Reese listens. Yeah, she should. Yeah, she's yeah. A, yeah, she's an avid listener. Right. Cool. Uh, but yeah, and uh, I need to. I, yeah, I need to step the suit game up. It's tough though because it's like it's such a nice sort of basic standard suit. Like I, I right. so often see guys in like super fun, like bright colors, patterns, whatever. It's like you can only really get away with wearing that like once. Yeah. Like, well, the, the yeah. Oh yeah. You yeah. know. So no, like, you I gotta. I gotta have my yeah. suit. I can wear to weddings, funerals, right. whatever. Right. Else, exactly. You know? Yeah. You're not pulling down twenty five million dollars a podcast. No, you not got, yet. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> After this one. Who knows? Yeah. No. This one <laughs> is. I honestly expect this one to shoot me straight into the stratosphere. Yeah. It, I'd be very disappointed if it doesn't. Uh, well, Tony, it has been. Uh, it's been great. It's been an honor. It's been so fun. Oh, this has been cool, man. I appreciate it. Of Lots course. of fun. Uh, I've enjoyed uh, listening to your podcast, and I've definitely enjoyed your Emmy stories. So oh. I'm probably going to be messaging you more questions. Oh, so. listen, please do. I really appreciate that. And I look forward to uh, your new podcast. You you need to absolutely watch Friday Night Lights for the show. Okay. Okay. Although I it's will a movie. You said it's – is it pop culture or just movies? Well, no, it's pop culture. But Friday Night Lights is a TV show. It, it was a movie but first. it was and, a movie. Yes. It was a movie. And then it, okay. You okay. can bypass the movie. The movie is fine, okay. but it's the TV show right. is one of my favorite things that's ever happened. Okay. okay. Wow. That's yeah. high praise. There's been yeah, a lot it, of interesting things that have happened forever. So. Uh, well, and this is one of the best. Um, okay. So you right. need to, yeah, you need to watch it. That should absolutely be on your show. And if you need someone to come on and just talk uh, incessantly about why it is one of the best things <laughs> of all time, uh, you have my number. Please just hit me up anytime. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll probably be hitting you up before then because the one thing I suck at is technology, and that's been the big holdup on the podcast. So I'm oh, going listen, to be I believe me, getting, I understand getting that. advice. Okay. Well, <laughs> I I don't know that I have much to give you, but I will give you everything that I do have. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair All enough. Right. That's a deal. Okay. We're uh, we're set on that. Well, thanks, man. I really appreciate your time. This has been awesome, and uh, I look forward to reading everything you write and listening to everything that you do. All right, man. Hey, thanks for having me on. This of course, Tony. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. All right. Bye. All right. Bye, man. All right, guys. There you go. Thank you very much to Tony Paul for the time. I had such a blast chatting with him about sports and entertainment and everything in between. Keep an eye out for his podcast, which should be coming soon. Read his stuff. And uh, hopefully we can get Tony on this hockey bandwagon sooner rather than later. Thanks very much for listening. Appreciate it very much. Until next week, Daniel Trainer signing off. Bye.